is chilling truth he killed 33 times i'm a king man i decide who does what and where they do it at next time you see me One, two, three. Put your headphones on, dingling. I am. I'm getting my uh, earpods. Earpods. I call them your earpods. I call them earpods, and I know they're. I, I say it twice every time. I'm like my earpods. My earpods. You sound like my grandfather. Well, I do have a flip phone, so we probably have the same model telephone. Oh my God, again with the flip phone. What, dude? We know. Johnny, two phones, man. I got a flip phone, and I got the eight plus that I use as an iPod. I just. I really just download music from my Amazon account so that I have like offline music to listen to while I ride. Yeah, I'm sure you watch porn on it as well because it's handy. I don't really. I don't. I don't use the phone for the porno. No. Well, good for you. I, I guess. I mean, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying the phone isn't one of the devices that Sounded I use. Sounded like for... a brag. <laughs> I guess. So. Well, then, yeah. You no, I'm better than you. Max. I'm better than you. I don't use my fucking handheld device to look at pornography. You use one of the two MacBooks that you have? Uh, yes, they have way better vi- uh, video quality. That's true. I forget that you also live alone, so you can just jerk off whenever. Oh, wherever you oh yeah, anywhere, dude. Every square inch of this apartment, I've probably desperately... <laughs> I'm jerking off right now. <laughs> yeah, dude. <it's> like... <laughs> no, don't jerk off during this episode. It's disgusting. It's everybody. not. Don't. Yeah, don't no, you We're on to dare. part two of Wesley Allen Dodd, and you're listening to The Chilling Truth. I guess I should have led with that. You're listening to The Chilling Truth. I'm Corey, and I got my boy Johnny over here. Still shirtless, same as last episode, still no shirt. Dude, it's Friday, uh, bro. That, I don't know it? if that has anything to it do with not wearing a shirt. I just feel like since it it's does. Friday, I, mean, I can it's, justify not wearing a shirt. You know, I remember like, that in the I haven't worked Rebecca since Black March. Let's, let's remember, I haven't worked since the beginning of March, dude. I've just been... And you've worn a shirt since then, so you're fucking up somewhere. Yeah, but I've been getting my, my Arizona summer tan going, so, you know, I just try to expose as much skin... As, po- as yeah. possible, so I don't have. You're inside. Beard. You're inside, though. I am, but I was outside a minute ago. Like I don't. Oh, need to, okay. Yeah. Again, uh, uh, back to I live alone. I don't need to clothe myself when I make transitions around Dress the Dress yourself. No, yeah. yeah, no, that's fair. Okay, no, yeah, nice. that's fair. So, uh, we're on to part two of Wesley Allen Dodd. If you uh, wanted to throw up in the first episode, I would definitely suggest getting a pot or a bag or a trash can nearby because this episode is only worse than the first one. So we left off with him starting his, uh, his, his hunts. He was starting to hunt for children. He's carrying around a knife. He's carrying around shoestring to choke children. He's it's all around a bad fucking dude. So I would he like his, you to his, emphasize uh, when you say hunt that, that that is his word. Like he is yeah no 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 that is his, his hunt yeah. quote unquote like his quote hunt yeah, yeah I'm not okay. calling it a hunt yeah I would call it a stroll Crazy. wild shit yeah it's very it's very bad stuff so now he's he, now he's ready for his second day of his hunt quote unquote hunt I'm not gonna say quote unquote every time if I say hunt he said it I didn't so he starts at about ten o'clock in the morning. And he takes a lunch this time, so he doesn't have to return home. We made fun of him last time for his tea to go, but he's fucking prepared this time. Right, right. So he he also realizes that he's better off taking them somewhere else to murder them or M them, as he puts it in his stupid fucking journal. 
he says, if I leave imed ones there, I'll lose hunting ground for up to two or three months. But if they just disappear, it won't be as bad. So when okay, so when he's when he's decided calculated this, it would be a two to three month wait for him to be able to access his. He, he can't uh, have that hidden ground. But right, but what is what is his reason behind that? Is it because? Uh, he's researched how long, cause I don't know. I've never Googled it. I don't want my fucking IP address to be flagged. But, no, he, he's like, saying has, he has, can't has he, kill them there because he can't go back as often to hunt again. Right. But if it's a good enough spot and if it's a spot that's not frequently trafficked, he has either already researched the, uh, the timeline for decomposition or he knows that, or or it's a populated area like a, like a park. <clears throat> well, that's the thing. He's in parks and school playgrounds and shit like so that. He, so he's, he's not, he's not like trying to find like a secret like he's not like Ted Bundy driving like eight hours to like an isolated area. I know he's not a driver. No, he's like I'm just gonna local yeah. woods or whatever. I figured he'd try to. I mean, he's he's putting a lot of work into planning. So I figured if there are some local woods or some desolate, you know, isolated places that people don't go to, he'd already found them and kind of checked them out. Kind of no, his his like, desolate woods is just going back to his house. That's I mean, Washington point. State, you know, there's plenty <clears throat> of woods up there, you know. Yeah, well, let's not give him, you know, ideas or anybody ideas. Well, they already have it. I'm just saying that, that like, it, he he had access to some good hiding spots. So his right. three to four month calculation is probably based on his. He doesn't want to keep finding a new spot, so he wants to keep using the same spot. But if he has bodies that haven't decomposed yet, he's not going to want to face that reality. Like that's well, that's also, too real. Also, for him, what I we're think. forgetting, we're also forgetting that he's a fucking idiot. So well, okay, yeah, he's not thinking it through as much as we would. Pro- we're probably giving him too much credit. Perhaps. So he, <clears throat> at five forty p.m., he returns home. Uh, he was at the park for all but two trips, totaling one half hour. Or he was at the park for all of that time, but two trips totaling one half hour. Sorry. So only two incidents. And those incidents were at 1.15 p.m. he saw two boys on bikes. He passed them, watched for two to three minutes, and passed again. They were nine to ten years old. He started walking away, and they followed a ways behind. He finally decided to turn and confront and separate them. They were a little big, but they took another trail and left. At 5.45 p.m. he was going to call it quits. Which, it doesn't make any sense because he said he got home at 5.40 and now this is at 5.45. This dude's journal's all over the fucking place. He doesn't understand. He doesn't remember the times, I'm guessing. So, he was going to call it quits but figured he'd go try once more before the weekend was over. Uh, at 6.10 p.m., or he arrived at the park at 6.18. He found two boys. No one else was around. And this is where he finds his first murder victims and like we said in the previous episode i'm sparing a lot of detail because a lot of this stuff is really really fucked up so with the murders i'll try not to to spare too much detail here but i am going to warn you guys right now this is a play-by-play of him attacking and murdering these two boys so if you need to skip it it's fine but it's it's really bad it's really fucked up so i'm just going to jump right into it so at 6.19 p.m., he approached the boys and said, I want you to come with me. The older one said, why? And Dodd said, because I told you to. You can bring your bikes if you want. <coughs> he claims he said that because the younger one was going to leave his behind and he didn't want someone to find it and start looking for him. They both followed Dodd for about five minutes to the most isolated part of the 
apart. <clears throat> Approximately 6.25 p.m., Dodd, Dodd learned the older boy was 11 years old named Cole and the younger was 10 years old named Billy. They left their bikes on the trail and followed Dodd a few yards into the trees and bushes. He then had them stand back to back and tie their wrists together tightly, binding the boys together by a 10-inch piece of cord. They then both faced him and knelt in front of him, or he knelt in front of them. Approximately 6.30 p.m., he told the boys one of them had to let him pull down their pants, and Billy quickly said, him. Cole said, why? Dodd said, I wanted to suck his dick. Cole asked if it would hurt. He said no, so he agreed. Uh, so he did that with Cole. A lot of details that I'm taking out there, so you guys can just deal with that. Again, if you want to look the journal up, you're more than welcome to. It's on the internet. You can read everything word for word if you'd like, but I'm not going to do it. The boys then said they wanted to leave because it was getting late. They were hungry, and their dad would worry. Dodd told them to wait. He had them kneel to their knees and pulled, pulled Cole's pants back down. He decided he had to cut them loose to do what he wanted, and so he did. He put the, the rope pieces in his pocket, and Billy said he'd go tell Dad Cole would be late. He said, you can go in a couple minutes. I'm almost done. With Cole's bare butt towards him, he attempted to rape him but couldn't get an erection. Cole turned to face him. He didn't notice if Cole pulled up his pants or not. He later learned he didn't, as you'll see. He said just one more thing as Dodd took a knife from the sheath hidden in his sock under his pant leg. They were both facing him about a foot apart, him centered in front of them. He reached out and shoved the knife into Billy's gut. He thought he'd drop, but as, quickly, but as he quickly turned to Cole before he could react, Billy grabbed his stomach and started running. Cole had just started to turn and rise, so he went for his gut and caught him in the side. He may have then been dead, but kept moving. He then got him in the chest, and the third stab struck him, but he says he's not sure where as he was rising to chase Billy. He didn't want him to reach a nearby busy road. He caught him by the right arm. They were both running. He stopped and stabbed him. He believed in the lower side as he spun. <coughs> Billy said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, as he spun around. He stabbed him again in the left shoulder, he thought. As he went down, he didn't stay to make sure he was dead this time. Uh, do you want to take over? Because this is really, like, fucking me up here, so... Yeah, dude, you're struggling. You wanna... All right, uh... Yeah. Yeah. So, he started looking around and found no evidence. Um, oh, you missed that paragraph right above it. Oh, yeah, He that's ran right. to where their bike... Okay, okay. So yeah, he ran to where their bikes were on the trail and started walking. He put the knife back under his pant leg. He went about 30 yards and decided to run back to make sure he hadn't left any evidence behind. He found Cole flat on his back, head tilted to the left, eyes, the one he could see, still open, arms at his side. Uh, he is covered with blood and not moving. At first he thought something was poking out of his belly, then realized his pants were still halfway to his knees. Uh, he started looking around and found no evidence. He thought about running back to be sure Billy was dead and decided not to risk the extra, the, the extra time. He then noticed blood on his left hand. Keeping it in his pocket, he calmly climbed to the main park, uh, greeting an older man and throwing a stray baseball to a couple guys on the way back to his car. 
God, dude. Um, so just yeah. like nothing fucking happened. Yeah, like just he didn't just murder two fucking children. Yeah, I wonder how Fuck, much that baseball dude. would be worth. I don't even want it to be in the same room as me, dude. This I'm. This is not one of the serial kills where I'm like, oh man, if I could fucking, you know. Yeah, like, no, this, this is, one. This one's definitely uh, a. <clears throat> it's different. It's a man. different. It's different. It's just. Because so, I have a kid, man. I have a two-year-old. So yeah, like, yeah, no, this, I could see how, yeah, this is, yeah. This it's is very upsetting. As, from a parent standpoint, it, I, I imagine it would be, be hard. So yes, very, very rough. He circled around, and on the other side of the park found a guy running down the hill. He figured he'd find Billy, uh, but since he left him out on the trail, uh, he figured, yeah, he figured he'd come across him, I guess. Yeah, he figured that the dude running down the hill saw the... Yeah. The body. So it's about 6.45 now when he got up to the main park. And his total time with the boys had been 18 to 20 minutes. 18 to 20 minutes, dude. And those kids' lives were just cut short in that little amount of time. But Billy was reported found at 6.50 p.m. by phone uh, and 911 and taken by helicopter to Portland Hospital at 7.37 p.m. He didn't know for sure he was dead until 6 in the morning. The 6 a.m. news on the radio the next morning. Uh, he already knew for sure Cole was dead. After the incident Monday, he was pretty shook up. He thought about it all day and couldn't get the picture of Cole's body or Billy's, I'm sorry, out of his mind. And I think that's the that part like hits me the hardest is him saying I'm sorry. Like being stabbed and saying I'm sorry to the person that stabbed I, me. I, can see, I understand how that's a tough pill for any... Uh, anyone, any bystander to swallow, but uh, you have to see like he is still a young dude and he doesn't know how to process information or emotion. And he he did this horrible thing. And I yeah, I believe it's possible for someone to immediately regret it. Not that they have the no the tools no. To Billy come. said I'm sorry to Dodd. Oh, Billy said that. Yeah, that's why it's fucks. That's why it fucks me up. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I read that yeah. wrong. I I thought he was. It was just yeah, when him I first adding read his through. apologetic note in his journal. Yeah, I th- when I first read it, I thought Dodd was saying I'm sorry yeah, as no. he's stabbing him, but no, okay. Billy was apologizing. Yeah, that's fine. As he was being okay. Yeah, that definitely changes the. Uh, yeah, that did, that hits you in the gut a bit when you bore it when you hear it that way. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, so, man. but by the time he got home from work on Tuesday. Uh, and this was September 5th of 1989, about 4.10 in the afternoon. He was able to masturbate to fantasy and mind pictures of Cole, both alive and dead and bloody. Like, the whole graphic scene just kind of, it just got him going. He used it in his, yeah. Yeah, so he climaxed in about three minutes, and he he documented this, which is insane. <laughs> so I don't think he was all that shaken up by it. Yeah, there's um, no way. If you're jerking off to it, obviously it must yeah. not bother you too fucking much. No. You but, fucking pile of shit. But the, uh, as for the knife, he dumped the knife, wrapped it in an old used manila envelope, uh, and tossed it in a garbage dumpster, dumpster at his job at lunchtime on Tuesday, September 5th of 89. Same, yeah, same fucking day. Yeah, so uh, following that, uh, on Wednesday, September 6th, the very next day, 1989, now he's trying to figure out a location for his next hunt. He says here he wants to spend more time with the boy before killing and make sure his body is hidden better. So now he's trying to like figure out how to make the moment last longer, maybe a yeah, trophy. Yeah, he's building onto his yeah, yeah, yeah. He's building it he's, up. He's now. wanting to make sure it's worth it in uh, you know, according to his standards. But 
While most of his future victims will die in various ways, he also hopes to have some long relationships with children as well. Uh, Yeah, he he also talks of making child porn movies. Uh, He hoped to get before and after photos of his sex murder victims as well. Uh, which is not dude, just uncommon fucking kill for yourself, serial dude. killers. No, yeah, yeah, but just fucking put a bullet. This isn't abnormal uh, uh, when you're dealing with something like this. No, I think this he, is fucked. Yeah, I think he got more of a high out of killing than molesting. Um, and here yeah. in his journal, he goes into great detail about his fantasy murder of a young boy. Uh, and I didn't think it was really crucial to the story because we're going to see soon uh, what he ends up doing. Uh, yeah, so that part in his journals when he goes into detail about like what he wants to do, uh-huh. but his next victim he does end up. Well, the Oregonian, the morning newspaper, wrote about Billy and Cole and about their lives. Uh, the article claims the police didn't even know Cole was molested before his murder. But like we said, as he as he documented his journals, he really couldn't f- get an erection. So I, maybe there wasn't molestation. Well, other than well, he did. He put his some, mouth on him, but yeah, uh, wouldn't there be saliva? I mean, don't you think that you'd be able to track DNA? We're running and like, I don't know. Yeah, but DNA, man. Like you put, like, I mean. Well, this is 1989. This is, the DNA's not where it's at now. This is 1989. Yeah, okay, good point. Um, They're not swabbing it and, you know, because he's, I don't don't even think he's in the, he's never been arrested. He's not documented it, so he's not even in the system, even if they had it. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't, oh my God. Yeah, so the, uh, that Thursday, uh, September 7th. So, I mean, this is back to back to back. I mean, he's on a roll. This whole week has been chaotic for him. So September 7th, yeah. 1989, the Colombian an afternoon newspaper wrote an article that got Dodd worried. It said that by talking to kids, uh, uh, that were at the park Monday day of killing police had an artist sketch of a man seen at the park by several children. Then last night, three sheriff deputies pulled up in front of the house where he was renting a, home, a room. Uh, he hoped that uh, they were here because the landlady called him after a verbal fight in which she evicted another guy living there. He also hoped they didn't realize he was the one in their sketch. They weren't interested in Dodd other than what he had heard of the argument that uh, I guess the landlady had had with this other tenant. Uh, yeah, the... so they were there for that, and he was—he thought they were there for him, obviously. Right. But... So the landlady, uh, she said later that the person they were looking for is shorter and darker than the guy she evicted. Dodd was short but not dark, so this made him feel a little better. Uh, and then the following week on Tuesday, September 12th, uh, eight days after the murder, uh, two sketches of persons of interest were released by police and shown on the news. Neither sketch resembled Dodd at all. Uh, that, so that, he's probably feeling pretty good at this point. He's feeling like he got he away with breathe it. a little bit, yeah. Scot free, yeah. So, so at the end of that same week on Friday, August fourth. No, this is a couple weeks. Two weeks goes by. Two three weeks. Yeah. August fourth <clears throat> on a Friday, Dodd starts to uh, to call about Talk. getting a tape. Was he talking about? I typed it, it on my phone. I typed it on my phone. Okay. Well, <laughs> Change talk to y'all. So he was—he wanted to—he uh, was inquiring about the, uh, a tape recorder to record his incidents. So he—he he, he was then uh, wanting to, you know, have further evidence, basically showing like himself more what he's doing. Yeah. So at least until he can get the more expensive camcorder to film it, you know, this—he's. And I think he's, definitely he's us knowing that. what a camcorder is, yeah, it definitely dates us a bit. I've still got a flip phone. Oh, my God. Again with the flip phone. I know. So, 
us knowing what a camp <clears throat> order uh, is, yeah, that definitely does make us feel a, a, a lot older. A little old. Those big yeah. clunky ones that you put on your shoulder. Yeah, you know, dude. Our, all of our uncles had one, and they had it at all the family they had functions. had the, the handle at the top. You put your hand <laughs> yeah, in. yeah. That's fucking awesome. Big fucking VHS tape oh, yeah, the VHS the side tape of it. fits in it. Yeah. Holy cow. And then they came out with the new ones that had the little tapes, but you had to buy the big VHS tape adapter to put it yeah. in so you could watch it on your... Yeah. Same. A lot of bike jumps on those cameras I did. You know? Right. A lot of cool bike jumps. Dodd also <laughs> starts to talk about surgery on his victims. So now we're getting into just mutilation. Just more fucking deranged, so, horrible mutilation he wants to do. Well, he goes into detail about how he's going to tie them up, whether they're alive or dead, and uh, tie their chest and torso to the table. He also says he may do surgery with or without pain relief or sedation, which means nothing because this kid doesn't know shit about pain relief or sedation. Right. Directly beneath uh, that passage is a crudely drawn torture rack. Should I read that or no? Yeah, yeah, you can read that part. Okay. Directly beneath that passage is a crudely drawn torture rack depicting a securely bound child with the words live kids in parentheses below it. It is chilling to note that the torture rack had already been constructed and was found inside Dodd's apartment by detectives. So it was a, it was a thing like he. Yeah, you know, he drew the plans and I mean, and, and well, I mean, made it. Coral had one. Dean Coral had one. But I mean, this is like children. I mean, Dean Coral killed like teenagers. I mean, I don't know, they're both still fucked people, up. Still fucked up, but yeah. Dodd takes the cake, though, man. Yeah. So Dodd wrote. And this next part's just fucking weird, man. It's so yeah. weird. Okay, so this is what he wrote. Other possibilities, just for fun. Just for. Uh, and this is all in quotations. Shave entire body to make hairless space aliens. Hang by various body parts. Paint them. Well, that's funny. Blue, maybe, is what is, is a suggestion that he thought of. Suckathon. They stop sucking before I do. They die. <laughs> Or two, suck each other. First one to stop dies unless I tell them to stop. So it's all control. It's all just... It's Yeah, he's a power control killer. So they say caviar is fish eggs. Uh, I'll try it as kids' balls, maybe. Uh, May also try a boy's weenie, parentheses dick, of course, on a hot dog. So you'd have a hot dog that would actually be a small boy's appendage instead of a beef or turkey frank. And he did put uh, exclamations behind Frank. He was yelling yeah, this no, thought. Ex- he was excited. He was he's thrilled. Excited. Yeah, he's, it was a great idea excited. to him. <clears throat> a lone child may be a sacrifice. Uh, or another child could help in the sacrifice. One kid kill another. So, I mean, he's, he's coming up with all kinds of creative, sadistic, fucking Saw-esque games to, like, fuck with kids. Yeah, it's just... That may be God, one of the worst dude, and weirdest is, things we've, we've ever read, on, like, on this show. Like, ever. Yeah, uh, so far. Yeah. So, so far. Yeah, so here I'm going to read Dodd's murder methods. Uh, and this is all just like boom, 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 boom. Like it's, he just lists, this is exactly how he listed it. Yeah. His, I didn't change anything. Yeah, it's not I paragraph form. Out. It's just, it's a list. He made a list. Literally a list. And like reasons and like, he, he adds his own little like annotations, you know, little comments, but. Right. It's, it just really shows how fucked his mine really is so there are six possibly seven uh methods one being fastest stabbing uh slicing throat too messy he put that with three exclamation marks (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. he was serious about that Uh, well i i think what he saw was a mess when you stick a knife into a kid's gut i don't think he was i don't think he realized what the body looks like when it's when it's split open 
Yeah, it, there's uh, a lot of blood. In it was a lot a of. Sh- it was definitely a shock factor for him. I don't think he was. He never. He didn't really comprehend the consequences until that moment. So now he knows yeah, he's made exactly. a list. Slowest starvation or thirst. But uh, you know, so he's trying to drag this out like kid, like kidnapping is is what that would be because they're not going to die instantly. He's going to have them for a while. Yeah, Slow. he's just trying to fucking. Right, a slow method, bleeding to death. Blood could be caught in jars, so he'd be saving that for whatever fucked up reason. Why? What do you need him for? Yeah. Get and, rid of it. And then he had, you know, so he had slow, and then he had medium, which was, which, his, the way he categorized shit is interesting. But uh, his medium was suffocation. That was a medium style murder method. Uh, drowning. It's one of the worst. Drowning as well. And then uses and possibilities that he listed. Drown, hang by neck, plastic bag over face, strangle uh, with hands or rope, uh, pillow tight over face, uh, hog tie and tape over nose and mouth, as well as amputate privates a little at a time until bled to death. Um, Stab, uh, slice throat. Again, he mentioned that it was. He noted that it was too messy, so he still. You know, let's just let's just skip these. I'm. This is making me fucking sick, honestly. So let's just, you know, we can just let's just move on. Okay. Well, yeah. There's about twelve of them, but yeah, you get the message. They're pretty vulgar and. Yeah, he's fucking terrible. He's a horrible fucking dude. So. So let's let's skip. uh, Let's let's jump up to what he did on Monday, September 25th, man. Yeah. So on Monday, September 25th, he bought a set of Exacto knives and tweezers, giving him the necessary tools for his quote exploratory surgery which i mean yeah that's all a fucking doctor needs it's exacto knives and tweezers you know heart surgery exacto knives and tweezers vasectomy exacto knife and tweezers that's all you fucking need dude it's a pretty so this next part kit. yeah this next part it's clear i clearly knows nothing about satanism or how any of it works because the next section he asked satan to provide him with a quote a six to ten year old boy to make love to suck and fuck play with photograph kill and do his exploratory surgery on and satan would never allow that okay so he's literally praying to satan that he can get this shit and then he goes on to say that if the demands of the last section are met he will turn his soul over to Satan in exchange. And honestly, I don't even think Satan would fuck with this dude. I don't think he'd want anything to fucking do with it. Yeah, dude, he doesn't do anything that follows the rules of Satanism. The tenets of no, none at all. And if you need to know more about Satanism, we did cover it a while back, and you can go listen to that. We did, and the majority of them state that you should be decent to every human yeah, being. Yeah, a good fucking person. Yeah, exactly. One of them is do not harm children. That's one of the 11. That's actually in there. Do not harm children. That's actually in there. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, yeah. do not harm small children. It's He's doing it. the exact opposite Jesus. of that. Jesus. So, yeah, he doesn't even belong in, uh, you know, the, the world of Satanism. It's, it's no, man, yeah, get the fuck sad, out of here, pathetic dude. dude. Yeah, dude. So here's his written request to Satan. Quote, I will exchange my soul for a long, happy life as a pedophile with plenty of action and possible contribution to the child pornography empire with no danger of reports to or discovery by the authorities. Honestly, it sounds pretty one-sided. And I think that Satan would be getting the raw end of the deal on that. What if Satan gets his fucking piece of shit soul and he got, he does a lot of work for Satan. Yeah. It's not worth anything. Yeah. No, fuck that dude. Yeah. So (laughs) this next part, honestly, this is probably the only funny part in the whole, whole fucking episode. So Dodd tells Satan he would like to remind him he could use some extra cash to make things easier. 
He burned approximately $10 in gas in the setup and hunt for Incident 1, not to mention the cost of discarding the murder weapon replacement cost if to be used again, and he also must travel further now. And honestly, dude, that's what I've been forgetting. That's why we're not getting paid. I've been forgetting to turn our our, our expense reports to Satan so we can be reimbursed. Oh. So my bad, dude. I dropped the ball on that one. I'm sorry. Yeah, dude, you need to take that to the bank of Satan. and. Um... Yeah, so I can turn it in and then we can be reimbursed in yeah. like a week. Yeah. In our paycheck, so investment. That's why. Yeah. Yeah, that's why we haven't been getting paid. Diversify. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, other financial bank words. bank words. <laughs> <laughs> Savings account. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I have a small one. <laughs> you lost me. So now we're gonna go on to incident two, uh, and I'm gonna read this the way it was somewhat written in as well. Actually, I'm not. I'm gonna read it the way that I typed it up. I don't want to read it the way he wrote it because I don't want to say all this bullshit. Why don't you just summarize so he put, it? Yeah, well, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna read the part where like his start and the, all the bullshit that he right. wrote. So his plans began nine six eighty nine. Hunt start ten twenty nine eighty nine ten thirty a.m. End ten twenty nine eighty nine twelve fifty p.m. Incident ten twenty nine eighty nine twelve fifty p.m. to seven thirty five p.m. Incident number two. Final copy. Planning to completion. Wednesday, September sixth, nineteen eighty nine. Okay, Whew. here we go. This one is uh, definitely a little bit rougher than the, than the first one. So Wednesday, September 6th, he starts writing this at 10 p.m. Don surmises in his first incident the knife was the best choice as his kill would have to be quick and easy for the chosen location. He goes on to decide that the incident would have to be a cleaner kill, probably choking to have a clean body for his necrophilic activities. Uh, and he worded that very different in the journal, but I'm trying to pay some respect to the victim here, so I just changed it to what I just said. So he wanted a better location for this incident so he would feel more comfortable and can take more time for various types of sex before killing the child. Also, we'll be able to engage in the necrophilia. Again, he worded it horribly, so I changed it again. His initial thought was kidnapping, because then he would have all the time he wanted with the live body and the dead body. One thing for certain is he wanted to have the sex to be longer and death will be something different than stabbing. <clears throat> so September 17, 1989, Dodd starts thinking of trying the Tri-Cities, Richland, Kennewick, and Pasco, Washington, located in the eastern part of the state. Did I say all those right? You've been up there a lot. I don't know if I said any of those right. Yeah, no, I think you did. Kennewick. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he wants to do that when he has the money to do so. So get on it, Satan. I turned to my reports. He needs his fucking money. So Monday, September 18th, 1989, he starts to consider kidnapping and keeping a child secretly for the sole purpose of sex. When one gets too old, he would then get a new one and dispose of the old one. Uh, so for time constraints, I'm going to take a bunch of shit out. We're going to move forward to his next and Thank fuck his last victim. So 10.30, Dodd left his home. At 10.30 a.m., he left his home. He went to a nearby store and bought film for his Polaroid camera. I guess he got the fucking money up to get one of those. He arrived at the school he'd recently found around 11.30 a.m. and saw two 8- to 9-year-olds and a 4- to 5-year-old a little ways away. He watched a few minutes and decided not to risk it, so he leaves the school and arrives at a park at 11.48 a.m. He waited there until 12.15 and didn't see any children. 
Uh, I'm only including all this back and forth because it really just shows how desperate and unhinged this fucking piece of shit was. Like, he's just going back and forth, back and forth. He's just so desperate to find a fucking child. So he leaves, gets back to the school around 1243. And honestly, no wonder he's using all this fucking gas. He's going back and forth too much. Dude, you just got to stay in one spot and wait. You got to be a little bit more patient. So he sees three eight to nine-year-olds and one four or maybe five-year-old. He parked on the opposite side of the school from the kids. Two eight to nine-year-olds were playing ball and heading towards the far end of the school. The other eight to nine-year-old was sitting on a post watching them. The backs of the older three toward Don and the four to five-year-old playing on a mound 20 feet to his left. Oh, God, I can hear it in my own voice that I'm getting upset. Don went up to the little boy and asked if he wanted to have some fun and make some money. He seemed unsure, but not scared. Dodd said, come on, this will be fun, and reached out his hand. He took it and walked to the end of the building with him. Literally at this part in writing the script, I typed this in because I wanted to remember it. Uh, I had to stop and like turn on some type of like happy music because I, I pictured like when I grab Noah's hand, like when he puts his hand up and I'm holding his hand to go somewhere. And, He's trusting God, him. I just want to fucking smash this dude with a fucking brick. Yeah, I mean, yeah it's, it's a sign of trust. Bash his yeah, dude, I just want to beat his fucking brains in. Well, so they get out of sight of the other kids unseen. Dodd told him uh, as as he kept walking hand in hand, uh, "We're going to get in his car. Uh, going to get in the car." The little boy said, "I don't want any money." Dodd picked him up and said, "We're still going. Let's go ask your dad if you can go with me." Uh, they got to Dad's car, Dodd's car, and of course he says that just to think that the kids get like, yeah, we're gonna go to my dad. It's oh, just cool. to give him some type of like yeah. reassurance. That so they got to Dodd's car. He put the little boy in the driver's side as they drove away. He said, "I live the other way." Dodd said, "We're going to his house and play some games. Just do what I tell you, and I promise I won't hurt you." A couple blocks from the school, Dodd asked him his name. He said it was Lee. And he was four years old. He started to cry a couple times, but Dodd reached out and held his hand. Again, that trust shit that he was totally taken advantage of. Assuring him he'd be okay and that we'd have some fun. They arrived at his house at around 1.30 p.m. Uh, both the landlady and the other tenant were gone, which Dodd said was perfect. Uh, he started to carry him uh, from the car, but he said, I can walk, so he put him down. Uh, the fact that your victim is light enough for you to, like, pick up like a child. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? So, yeah, it's just... Oh, it, so, Dodd put film into his Polaroid and took pictures of Lee as he found him. He even showed Lee his nude photo book. Uh, now it starts to get really, really, really bad. So, next, Dodd told him to take his clothes off. Uh, after he had Lee undress, he immediately had him lay on his back and took some photos. After this, he engaged in uh, oral engagement... After three minutes of this, they laid in bed, both naked. Fuck, dude. From 205 to 225. <laughs> yeah. It's so hard to get uh, there, man. Dodd does proceed to have sexual intercourse with the kid. Uh, Dodd said after this, Lee was uh, happy and cheerful. But what the fuck does this dude know about emotion portrayed from another being? He lacks empathy. So yeah. the fact also, that he, at this point, that he can just... identify emotion in another human being is fucking mind-boggling for me. Yeah. And now at this point, I I I, I want to smash his head with a brick still, but I think I've evolved to like wanting to just beat his head in with a hammer now. I, you know, so the, the more we get into this, hand. I think the hanging was a little too nice. Yeah, no, they should have hung him from his feet like a pinata and beat the fuck out of him with barbed wire bats. So, uh, so Dodd, 
He let he let the boy put his clothes back on at two thirty. Uh, they watched Yogi Bear again. This is weird time. Anyway, they watched Yogi Bear from three to f- f- like three p.m. in the afternoon. They watched watched Yogi Bear. At around four ten, uh, Dodd decides Lee. Uh, D- Dodd says that Lee decided to spend the night with him if Dodd uh, bought him a toy and went out for a burger, as if this poor child had a choice. So they went out for a fucking toy and a burger. Uh, I can't even imagine. I can't tell what, if you're reading it. I can't tell if you're reading it like this because you're getting like, like you're getting emotional, like you're getting frustrated. Dude, or it's a bummer, like, dude. It's a fucking bummer. yeah. Okay, it's like the worst shit. I just want to make sure I didn't write it badly. No, I, like it's, I I prefer to read this type of fuckery like silently in a book, like reading it out loud for other people to hear is fucking strange for me. So, yeah, just broadcasting it is. Yeah, I, well, because you know, like it's like once you say it out loud, it's like did, I, I, I don't want people to to mis misunderstand that for like a narrative that belongs to <clears throat> me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's just it's just weird. So yeah, most of the time I read these things to myself. Um, well, I mean, I can't even imagine what I can the parents are going through. You know. Oh yeah, I mean, it, well, and you're a parent. I'm not, but I I can only imagine or try to imagine the fear, the uh, the confusion, the I mean, just the not knowing of like where is my child, right? Right, now. and and no sign of of where you should start looking. I, that that the, that just, complete helplessness. I don't even, yeah, so I don't. So it, it's making me anxious. Just p- well, putting myself in their shoes. It's making me like. Anxious. We're almost. We're almost. I'm. I'm almost done with this. Let's fucking get through it. Yeah. Let's just get fucking through this shit already. So at 5:35 p.m., they returned home, and uh, Lee played with RoboCop again. These are the times. 6:38 p.m. While Lee is still playing, Dodd starts to think he will probably wait till morning to kill him. He goes on to say Lee suspects nothing now, and that way his body will still be fairly fresh for experiments after work. Dodd of course he suspects nothing. Of course. What fucking four-year-old is thinking, like, maybe this dude's going to kill me? Of course he suspects nothing, you f- fucking piece of shit. So Dodd plans to strangle Lee in his sleep. Uh, like we see with many serial killers, uh, Dodd wanted to see the chaos of his, uh, of his doings. So he, wa- he waited uh, and watched the 11 o'clock news. The news reported that Lee had disappeared from a department store, not from the school where Dodd actually kidnapped him from. Uh, so that you know, again, that that works in his favor because now they're yeah now he's they don't yeah, even there's barking there's up no the wrong tree now. So on Mo- Monday, October thirtieth, the the details Dodd goes into right here uh, of what he did to this poor kid uh, all night. Seriously, it's sickening. It's uh, so yeah. I left it out. I took it out. Okay. It just yeah. So this next part though is man. It's this is when he he kills him. So. So around 5.30 a.m. is when he decided yeah, to do this. Yeah, so he crawled over Lee. Lee was laying on his back, Dot on his left side leaning on uh, into him. Uh, so the boy's body was pinned essentially to the bed. Dodd choked him with his right hand. Lee got his legs loose. Dodd held for about 15 seconds after Lee quit struggling. Uh, he laid there motionless. Uh, this part really is fucked up and bizarre it's uh, so after about very, 20 yeah. seconds dodd blew into his mouth wants to see if he was revivable again it, back to like incident one i think he's doing this shit not realizing what he's actually doing and then once he sees the consequences he's like what have i he done he tries to backpedal which is you're in the wrong business dude there's no backpedaling it, it, 
insanity. So Lee started to slow uh, gas about 20 seconds after that. Dodd choked him for about another minute before he was still <coughs> again. So it's like he brought him back, but then he got scared again and maybe did it again. He started. Well, that's kind of what Gacy did when he would drown the boys when he put their heads in the bathtub. Right. He'd let them pass out and then he'd revive them. And then, you know, it's just a control thing again. Right. So he started to gasp again and opened his eyes. Dodd grabbed a rope and put it around his neck as he lay breathing sl- shallowly, but uh, he was he was unconscious at this point. Uh, he tightened the rope and picked him uh, picked him upright with it. His chest was heaving, but he wasn't getting any air. Uh, keeping the rope tight with his right hand, Dodd picked him up and carried him to the closet, holding him up by just the rope as he moved clothes aside. Um, I'm starting to second guess these episodes. I know, I know. He Honestly, then, I'm starting to think about deleting the other one. <laughs> he then tied the rope to the clothes bar and hung him at 5.30 a.m. so he wouldn't get tired and maybe let him breathe again. Uh, Lee hung for about 10 minutes as Dodd took pictures and cleaned up the room. So, I mean, that was enough time for him to definitely pass. And And later on, when... They're going to put him to death. He says he wants to be hung because that's the way he killed Lee, which I guess he thought he was being some type of fucking martyr or some type of Canceling out his fucking... Yeah, like, no, dude, you deserve to be put in a fucking box on display and people should get to fucking watch you starve to death. That's what should happen to you. Right. No, that's... I mean, you're not wrong. At 5.45 a.m., he cut the rope and lay him on the bed. He then performed oral on the boy's body he checked for heartbeat and breathing i don't know why he let him hang there for more than 10 minutes then he put him on a shelf in the closet behind some blank like dude this kid he just i keep saying kid like it's a fucking book he doesn't understand like it's reality and it's for him it doesn't compute it's uh, yeah his brain i just it's i just gotta remember his brain is fucked man like it's his fault 100 percent his brain sure. is fucked up though. He doesn't understand. He understands what he's doing is wrong, but that's the 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 fucking like just the whatever. Exe- don't, it's well, just his, a fucking his, his executive decision making is just not developed. I want to beat developed. this man to death with a fucking book or a fucking bat. Or well, something. so he he put him on a shelf in the closet behind some blankets and a sleeping bag. Uh, he decided he would do more after work. So I mean, he still had to keep his image up for his employer which no gotta pay that fucking rent dude multitasking yeah so at 4 10 p.m dodd returned home he saw a newspaper article about a missing boy in the oregonian it was on page five of section b if you want to check that out uh whatever year so it was back in 89 uh like it was no major deal um so he just kind of passed it off according to dodd well, that's what he said. He said it was on page five, section B. Like, like nobody fucking like it wasn't a big deal. That's what Dodd said. That's not right. our fucking words. It's a, it should have been the fucking front page. So, at four fifty p.m., he takes the boy's body out of the closet, and for some reason, in his logs, here he wrote Lee's full name. Um. And his full name was Lee Joseph, uh, Izell. I believe is how you say it. Isil. Isil? I think it's Isil. I can't remember from the documentary. He also says here that the dead body was kind of gross-looking. Quote-unquote, kind of gross-looking. And he yeah, changed his he mind. Say. Yeah, And he, he changed his mind about necrophilia at this stage because of this. 
Ted Bun uh, Ted Bundy would have called this dude a, a, a pussy, uh, but yeah, for sure, he uh, fucked him. So he couldn't fuck him anymore. So the fucking animals were eating him. He puts Lee's remains in a garbage bag and goes to dump them. He returns home at 8 p.m. that night. On Tuesday, October 31st, 5.32 p.m., <coughs> I just saw a photo on the news of a person seen talking to Lee at the school that looked a lot like Dodd. Blue baseball cap and a person of interest may have had a German shepherd with him and was either driving or dropped off by a white pickup truck. The FBI is entering the info into their files. Dodd is freaking out at this point. Uh, at 6.40 p.m., he, he, he burned Lee's socks, shirt, sweater, and pants, so, uh, but decided to keep his underwear as a souvenir trophy and will throw away his shoes at a convenience store. During this time, Lee's father, Robert, spoke with the press about his hope for Lee's safe return, despite the few days he had been missing. On the morning of November 1st, Lee's body was found, and a manhunt, a manhunt began for the killer. I don't think and that's where we're case. no, that's where we're gonna stop for this one. Yeah, the next, the last part will be <clears throat> about the, the the detectives and the search for him and then the the capture. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I need a breather. So that's where we're gonna stop for this one because honestly, I think that's enough. I mean, this one, the first one was rough, but this one I feel was a lot rougher than the first one. So. um I don't even honestly have <laughs> no words right now, dude. I just feel sick. Uh, so you can follow us on all the, the social media, the Instagram at the Dad's Show, Johnny at Johnny Two Jokes, and the show at the Johnny Tree Podcast. Thank you guys for sitting through this horrible shit with us. We'll be back next week with less gruesome stuff. Some justice happens. There's a victory. And, um, yeah, we will catch you guys on the flippity flip. I feel gross even saying that cheerful thing. At the end. Oh, no. I didn't even say it on the last episode. But we will see them on the flippity flip, and we'll give them the, the, the news of justice, like you said. It's going to be yeah, good. exactly. It's gonna, the next episode will be a lot, lot lighter, I promise you. All right, so yeah, go leave us a review on iTunes, and thank you guys so much for listening. Later. Later.